Welcome to the Dacus Report, hosted by Pacific Justice Institute founder and president Brad Dacus. For 25 years, PJI has counseled, represented, and defended people whose religious freedoms, parental rights, or sanctity of life have been obstructed or violated, all free of charge. We leave no one behind and level the playing field for Americans as they are subjected to the tyranny of the powerful. Now, here's Brad Dacus. Welcome to the Dacus Report. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Brad Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute. Uh, On today's show, we're going to get an important update involving some uh, major litigation in the state of Washington, dealing with uh, religious freedom and other basic issues. I know you're going to find that very interesting uh, as we uh, talk about what's very actively uh, taking place uh, in that uh, very uh, turbulent state when it comes to religious freedom and parental rights. Uh, We at Pacific Justice Institute have offices all across the United States, actually in 20 states and the number's growing. Uh, if you'd ever like one of our attorneys in those offices to come speak to your group, your political group, your religious group, your church, Sunday school, um, they do so without charge and they love to share what God's doing uh, in the courts and out of the courts with regards to our religious freedom, parental rights, and the sanctity of human life. So if you'd ever like to have that in your community, uh, it's a great opportunity we're opening up. Uh, just contact our office. Go to pji.org, P for Pacific, J for Justice, I for Institute.org, and uh, they'd love to, to be there. Also, I love to guest preach at churches. And uh, in fact, I joke that I uh, like preaching the gospel uh, more than uh, filing lawsuits. Well, that may be tough for an attorney to say, but it's true. So if you ever like me to come and guest preach at one of your churches, uh, feel free to do so. I'm right now preaching out of 2 Timothy chapter 3 and chapter 4. Um, we have to, at the end of the day, uh, you know, we can litigate and we can keep open doors of opportunity for religious freedom. At the end of the day, we all know as believers, the only way you can change a nation in the long run, in the long haul, is for there to be revival, for people to come to Christ. And we at PGI love those opportunities that we have uh, to share the gospel in the church and out of the church uh, to see people have the opportunity to come to Jesus Christ in a real personal way. So if you ever like to have us or myself or one of our attorneys participate, just uh, contact our office. We'd love to do that uh, moving forward. Um, also, uh, we see something very alarming taking place uh, with regards to a, a business. It's called American Girl. They produce uh, products, books, dolls, and things like that for girls. In the past, they've been seen as very wholesome and, and, and wonderful and, and, and positive. Well, now they've taken a dark side, a very, very dark side. Uh, You see, uh, American Girl is now advocating uh, and encouraging kids to consider changing their gender down to the age of 10 in their materials. I just want to say, if you're a parent out there or a grandparent, uh, be on the lookout. Don't buy their material. Do not buy anything made by American Girl. They are now, on the, they are now wanting to uh, pollute the mind of your child into a very dangerous, deadly uh, role that uh, will have a t- terrible, terrible outcome. So um, I encourage people, there's a lot of things you can boycott. Just put this one on the list. American Girl, especially when you're buying gifts for your kids uh, this upcoming Christmas time. Now, to talk to us about what's happening in Washington State, we have with us here now attorney Tracy Tribbett. Uh, Tracy, you're doing a fantastic job there in, in the Washington State. 
Uh, you're taking on lots of cases. I greatly appreciate that. I know we've opened another office up there recently as well uh, because we have so much going on in Washington State. Now, let's start off with a positive. Tracy, I understand that we just won a, uh, an unemployment benefits appeal. What was that about? Yeah, we've seen an interesting uh, change here in Washington in regards to unemployment benefits. People were uh, initially, once they were denied the um, an accommodation with their jobs and were terminated, they were granted unemployment benefits. Well, after a period of time, the Employment Security Department came back to many of our clients and said, uh, we're no longer able to offer you unemployment benefits because you were out of compliance with a company policy. That was the reason you were terminated. And also, we're going to need for you to repay all the benefits that you have been paid. So on top of adding insult to injury, our clients were financially disrupted by the vaccine mandate. Then they were asked to repay benefits to which they were owed, which was deeply troubling for many people. And we were able to undo just one injustice for a client. Uh, she was able to not only not have to pay back those benefits, but the judge found that she was not out of company policy. It was simply a case where she could not be accommodated and was entitled to un um, unemployment benefits. Yeah. I can just see workers, they've, they've just lost their jobs because they're not going to compromise their faith and convictions about being jabbed with something that has now mm -hmm. been shown actually to be very, very, very controversial, to say the least. But then to find out, and they're, they're trying to get by on unemployment, and then to find out that not only is unemployment going to stop, but they now have to back pay the unemployment that they've received Many of these people are already just barely getting by, you know, maybe my, uh, not making their, their rent payment or maybe not making their, their house payment. And so this probably caused tremendous emotional distress on these people. Uh, I, I think that's, that's horrific. And, and so you went to bat and prevailed uh, for this individual. Is that going to have an impact, you think, on other individuals who are in similar situations? Is this something that... Other employers will look at this uh, judge's decision and say, whoa, whoa, we, we better uh, backtrack here. I very much hope so. Although we're not able to touch base with everyone, I would encourage anyone who's listening to definitely reach out to our office. Always appeal any administrative agency um, determination. You have that right both at law and we will help you walk through those steps. And yes, Brad, I'm hopeful that all of these op opinions are shared internally in the Office of Administrative Hearings in Washington State amongst those law judges for the Employment Security Department. Now, I understand that uh, we have filed, we at PJI have filed in federal court a, uh, on behalf of a class of uh, DSHS employees who were not accommodated. This is a Department of Social and Health Services, uh, Mental Health Services, um, Children's Services here in Washington State. You know, it's interesting, this department heads up a variety of different offices, and each of our clients, which are upwards of about 100, they all received the same boilerplate denial from their employer without any accommodation meeting, without any uh, determination as to whether or not their particular job could be accommodated. And these are people with heavy caseloads, people who have clients who are uh, mentally ill, children who are out there in the foster system, and during and in a shortage of employees, 
the DSHS department fired and terminated perfectly capable and able and experienced employees because they would not get the vaccine. And on top of that, they were accommodating medically exempt individuals while they would not accommodate religiously exempt individuals. So we have discrimination in and amongst uh, different groups who are protected. Did you know that PJI preserves students' rights to share their faith and protects them from indoctrination? We also provide free resources to help promote evangelism within the public schools and educational resources to give parents legal advice for choosing an alternative to public education. Keep current on the educational landscape by signing up for our Legal Insider email newsletter at pji.org. Now, back to the Dacus Report. Okay, so, so here they, they have a need for employees, mm-hmm. and they're firing these employees, and they, they didn't even sit down and talk with them about the issue of whether they had a sincerely held religious belief, because if they, if they are found to have a sincerely held religious belief, then they have an obligation to try to reasonably accommodate. My yes. understanding, they didn't even talk to them to make a determination whether they had sincerely held religious beliefs. Nope. There was no talking. They accepted their beliefs. They just sent them a boilerplate letter that said, okay, we accept that you've got these beliefs, but we cannot accommodate you. The employees had not even told DSHS what they were requesting in the form of an accommodation. They hadn't had the opportunity to say, I'd like masking, or I'd like testing, or I'd like to work remotely, as I've already been doing for the past two years. They weren't even given the opportunity to suggest an accommodation before they were denied the accommodation they didn't ask for. Yeah, blanket non-accommodation. Wow. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I mean, Title Seven uh, requires people to be treated as people. And when they have special needs or they have sincerely have religious beliefs, mm-hmm. it's the obligation of the employer to say, okay, what is your situation? What are your beliefs? What are your objections? Okay, um, let's see if we can accommodate you and try to make some kind of good faith effort to accommodate. You're telling yes. me that all of these employees just got a blanket reject saying, we're not going to accommodate you. We don't even want to find out the details of your, of your faith and convictions so we can see if we can accommodate you or, or, your, or your, your situation. Like you, you talked about, just referred to one employee that has been working out of the office remotely. Uh, yes. I, I don't get why you would fire them for not getting a vaccine when they're working remotely. I mean, viruses yes. don't go through, go, don't go through uh, you know, uh, electrical wires you know, from one computer mm-hmm. to another. I don't get this. Absolutely. Uh, all the while, a person in a similarly situated job was was allowed to be accommodated because they had a medical exemption. So you have DSHS preferring medical exemptions over religious exemptions. And you're absolutely right, Brad. This exact scenario is why Title VII was created, to ensure that employers, particularly government employers who have a lot of power and very little checks and balances, don't take advantage of protected classes of people and discriminate against them. And that's exactly what we see the state of Washington doing. Yeah, to think that they think they can get away with this. Well, I guess they would get away with it if it wasn't for PJI and you specifically (laughs) stepping in and filing this major litigation in federal court. Uh, This could take quite a while, couldn't it? 
Yes, class action suits take quite a long time uh, with the intricacies that they contain, but we're really hopeful that this will be a breakthrough case because you've got uh, such a vast group of employees. And we've seen similar conduct amongst other agencies in Washington state. And what we're attempting to do here is break open the doors on this issue, that blanket boilerplate denials are not a reasonable accommodation process and that they're uh, obligated under the law in that McDonnell-Douglas test to go in, sit down with the employees individually and determine based on what is asked for, whether or not it can be accommodated. And again, particularly in light of the fact that we know now that the vaccine does not grant or impart immunity, it's a decreased government interest in enforcing these mandates because it's not exacting the effect, which is immunity, that had been previously hoped for. Yeah, really, it, it yeah, should go away. Yeah, in fact, I remember initially it was like, oh, all these commercials. In fact, we still have commercials out. Saying be you know be vaccinated, protect your loved ones, protect your your, your grandparents, you know, be, you know be vaccinated. They're still with, with that mantra, even though now we know that Pfizer never they knew darn well from the beginning they didn't have any evidence to show that it prevented transmission, that the mRNA would somehow prevent transmission. Now we know that it does not prevent transmission. In fact, we know that uh, there are more uh, people dying from uh, COVID who are vaccinated than those who are not vaccinated. 58%, late last tally I've heard, 58% of those who are dying allegedly from COVID were vaccinated mm-hmm. versus those that were yeah. not. So it's th- astounding. Yeah, there's nothing to support this policy at all or even requiring this, this quote unquote vaccine, which is not acting like a traditional vaccine, which prevents transmission. So there's nothing to support it. I think that's, a strong part of the argument, but uh, you know, even if let's say it, it did support, let's say it did prevent transmission, uh, this uh, you know, the the employer here, DSHS, I mean, I think they should be toast because they made no attempt of any kind to individually accommodate any employee. They just blanketed, rejected them, and they had the audacity to say, "Oh, but you have a medical exemption need." No problem. We'll accommodate that. But you religious people, out the door. Um, We don't want you. I I look at that as clear bigotry, discrimination, and it it follows the line of the radical left to purge people of faith, Christians specifically, from the workplace across the nation. Washington State is the epitome, the example of that kind of purging, and that's what you're taking on. And I greatly salute you for that as, uh, as you take on these cases. Now, speaking of cases, uh, I think this case is, is it's almost hilarious. But if, it, it'd be, it would be hilarious if it wasn't true. Okay. I know. So here we're, we're, we're filing a lawsuit uh, in federal court for a firefighter who was mm-hmm. terminated for not being physically fit. Now, firefighters, they have to be physically fit. I get that. Uh, and they are generally very physically fit, okay? Why was he not physically fit and terminated from his job? Yeah, the ridiculousness is never ending up here in Washington. Um, This is an individual who worked for the Redmond Fire Department, and he was a union member, and under the union uh, 
for cause termination rules in Washington state, there's a list of reasons that a police officer or a firefighter can be terminated. And so what happened was the city determined, um, unreasonably so, that it could not accommodate its firefighters. And so they're looking at this list and they're thinking, okay, um, you know, drunkenness or drugs or a variety of other um, options. And one of them was physically unfit. And quite frankly, these individuals, there's one in particular that we filed suit on behalf of, but we've been working consistently for about six of these firefighters. It would be have been less insulting to them to say that they were mentally infirm for not taking the vaccine because no one in their right mind would not take it as opposed to being physically unfit because they are very physically fit, always have been throughout the course of their careers. In fact, it's it's a... a an absolute lie. There's no other way to say it than to say that they're physically unfit because they would not be vaccinated. And again, as we've talked about just prior to this, there is nothing that changes in a person because the vaccine does not impart immunity. They are not more safe. They are not less likely to spread the right. uh, virus. Even if you could say that it did something physically that made you superior by getting a vaccine, it's not the case here. These individuals are physically fit. They were fired on a premise that is false, and we're fighting exactly for that, that it was a new uh, term to the contract, which had already been agreed. And again, firefighters are on contract terms. So this is kind of a different aspect to the general flavor of discrimination, where you've got contract rights. Did you know that PJI's Church Finds Its Voice initiative is a huge success and coming alongside pastors to encourage them to get all their congregants registered to vote and then to vote biblically in every election for candidates that share the Christian worldview and commit to serve their constituents with that mindset. We communicate regularly with over 3,000 pastors and we do it all free of charge. Keep current on PJI's work on all the legal challenges we face on a daily basis by signing up for our Legal Insider email newsletter at pji.org. Now, back to the Dacus Report. Generally speaking, firefighters are are not very old. Uh, Generally speaking, they're, you know, somewhat young, middle-aged. You know, they're, they're not at risk. Uh, with regards to the COVID-19 virus or the Omicron or the latest variant uh, variants of the Omicron. Uh, you know, so even if he got the, 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 you know, the Omicron, it's not like it's going to statistically take him out, you know, for months and months. Now, I, knew, I do know statistically that uh, over 800,000 Americans who've had these controversial quote-unquote vaccines have ongoing serious uh, or long-term problems, medical issues and problems. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, and we also know that more people are dying from Omicron who are vaccinated versus not vaccinated. So I just look at this as just another example of this cultic mindset that has taken over a number of bureaucrats and they are religiously committed to supporting a vaccine that is not a vaccine, that is not working. Uh, maybe initially it did, but now right. it clearly doesn't. And we know it has long-term potential impacts on individuals. Uh, that's a whole other discussion. We've had, we can talk to experts uh, dealing on that, on that topic. And they have the audacity 
to claim that it's because uh, the firefighter was not being physically fit. That is, yes. he wasn't taking one of these controversial vaccines and therefore he's fired. And um, too bad for you and your, your, your wife, your kids, your family. Um, you know, Merry yeah. Christmas. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. that's what we're basically seeing happening uh, to him. He's not alone, is he? No, that has happened all across King County, which is where Seattle and the outer lying areas, they took a very harsh approach to the vaccine mandate and terminated hundreds of firefighters, which we're uh, doing our best to sort of overturn these cases one by one based on the facts in each circumstance. And, you know, it's important to note that with firefighters, this is a profession that deals with uh, highly volatile situations, including viruses. Right. Well, um, I know you're very busy. Uh, I know the uh, the other office is very busy. And folks, if you need assistance, no matter where you are in the United States dealing with these issues, go to our website, pji.org. And we'd love to, to serve you. We have great resources there. You can also sign up to get our uh, legal insider newsletter uh, at pji.org as well. Planned Parenthood. I want to talk about uh, the litigation going on with Planned Parenthood. Uh, probably my favorite entity to ever sue is probably Planned Parenthood. Uh, what's going on uh, with, with, with Planned Parenthood and their hostility to believers uh, wanting to worship there in the state of Washington? Yes, Brad, I have to tell you, I've never encountered spiritual warfare quite like that that is involved in litigation with Planned Parenthood. Uh, we represent a group of individuals who are part of a church known as the Church at Planned Parenthood. And through the course of litigation, which has lasted over two years, a temporary and then permanent injunction was granted. And now uh, Planned Parenthood is moving for civil fines. And the way that the revised Code of Washington, which are the statutes, the laws here in Washington, the way that that reads is that when an injunction issues, a person aggrieved by the actions of another party, meaning Planned Parenthood and or other abortion mm -hmm. clinics, they can file suit for civil fines of up to $5,000 per instance against people who are exercising their free speech rights. In this case, you've got also the right to exercise one's religion because these are active church services. And it's, it's looking back in time. So what you have is clients, our clients, who were holding church services, then an injunction was put upon them where they had to move across the street, which is a time, place, and manner uh, restriction. But what the Planned Parenthood's council is asking for is a retroactive fine for every day that services were held when our clients were not in violation of any court order. Okay, I and want to explain something here real quickly because I think a lot of people are, are not understanding possibly what we're talking about here. So we have Planned Parenthood, and then we have individuals having a church service not in Planned Parenthood, not on Planned Parenthood property, right? They were on public property near Planned Parenthood, but on public property protected by the First Amendment. It's a traditional public form. It's like a, a sidewalk area with some grass area, uh, and then you have the, the road, but it's not on Planned Parenthood property, didn't touch Planned Parenthood. It's near Planned Parenthood, and Planned Parenthood didn't like the fact that people were preaching the gospel and praising the Lord once a month on this outdoor church service. Uh, and I understand that when they had the outdoor church service, Planned Parenthood wasn't even open, right? Mm -hmm. 
Yes. They weren't, they, they weren't even open on Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. So I, this is just a, what's their rational, what's their rationale for trying to pounce on people's First Amendment rights to be able to have a, a worship service and, and preaching from the word on public property that's protected by the First Amendment? What's, what, what's their beef? I understand that uh, law enforcement, police, they had no problem. They had no beef with these people having a, a ch- church service. And did law enforcement, I guess, clearly understand that it's on public property, it's protected speech? Is that why they didn't take any action, I assume? Absolutely. Police presence was heavy. There were barricades, ropes, uh, police officers always in attendance, making sure that our, our clients were never cited for any kind of disorderly conduct, for any kind of noise issues. Um, they were well behaved and the cops were there to observe all this. And yet the court still found against our clients uh, and uh, a client right. appointment was interrupted one time or calls were interrupted. Right. Right. Well, speaking of interruption, oh. I'm going to have to interrupt because oh. we're running out of time. Okay. <laughs> but thank I'm you. Sorry. Thank you yeah. so much, though, for what you're doing, Tracy. And I, God bless you. And I encourage people to be praying for you and the many other attorneys and cases we have ongoing across the, the country. It's a, it's a very, very important lawsuit, and it's worth watching, uh, definitely. We would love the opportunity to continue to serve you. Just visit pji.org and click the Legal Insider button to sign up for our email newsletter. At PJI, we help individual employees, employers, business owners, pastors, students, citizens of every stripe through our practical resources, counsel, representation, and defense, all free of charge at pji.org. PJI is an island of stability and assurance in our ever-churning sea of legal and societal chaos. We are here for you. So folks, just remember, it's our God-given freedoms we're talking about. Now, let's choose to keep them. I'm Brad Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute. Let's continue the fight for your freedoms.